So it's believed that it was another man that was killed in the barn and John Wilkes Booth actually escaped here, um, lived under the name of John St. Helen, uh, and he tended bar like right next door to the opera house that was owned by A.P. Gordon, by the way. The bar was owned by A.P. Gordon. Audrey's grandfather. So it's believed that he was on his, he thought he was on his deathbed. And so he ended up confessing to a couple people that he was John Wilkes Booth. Halloween is approaching and many of us are getting ready to celebrate. Most of us just go trick-or-treating or pass out candies, but for some of the more enthusiastic celebrators, they venture out to ghost tours. So it's believed that John Wilkes Booth still haunts the Granbury Opera House um, because, you know, it's a theater, of course. Why wouldn't he want to hang out there? I'm Bree Flores, and Texas wants to know, what are the scariest ghost stories in the Lone Star State? Southeast of Fort Worth and along the Brazos River sits the city of Granbury. We are a very historic town. Uh, so the uh, the official Granbury slogan is where Texas history lives. Of course, we like to say it's where Texas history never left. But uh, <laughs> um, so it is it's a very historic town, very well preserved. Um, our historical society has done a wonderful job of preserving our uh, town square um, to be very much like it was when it was first built um, and keeping it up. Brandy Hur is a local author and runs the Granbury Ghosts and Legends Tour, a popular event that happens annually during the Halloween season. We get a lot of people that they say that they love going on ghost tours because it's not just about the tour, but it's also, about, I mean, not just about the ghosts, but also you get the historical background. So it's a little bit of both. It's not, you know, just the dry history, not the saying that history is dry, but, you know, sometimes if it's just that, you know, it, it spices it up a little bit, I guess. Whether you believe in ghosts or not, Granbury has plenty of historical facts and fun and spooky stories to share. That's why it's considered one of the most haunted places in Texas. Everyone lo- loves uh, the Jailhouse Museum um, just because it's probably our creepiest location on the square. Um, lots of activity going on in there. And uh, I mean, it's just it's, it's a creepy location just to stand outside of it. It's believed that uh, possibly a Native American named Joe um, is uh, still in there. He would uh, walk around down the stairs, around the floor, and then kind of hunker down in this one particular corner. Um, except one time he decided to leave his corner so he could sit on a lady's lap while she was trying to work. <laughs> So, because uh, you felt like her entire body was enveloped by a thick, misty cloud. I also talked with Walton Trentham. He's a part of an organization that investigates the paranormal in Texas. I did the Driscoll Hotel, uh, which I believe is that one's in Austin. Headley Row, which Henley Row, which is down in Galveston. Uh, Baker's Hotel, which is out in um, Mineral Wells. Uh, Summit Elementary School, which is an area out in uh, close to the Panhandle. Um, talked about Snuffers Restaurant and Bar over in Dallas. Talked about the Lady of White Rock Lake, uh, Hell's Gate and Screaming Bridge in Arlington, Texas. The Headless Horseman of Texas. The Haunted Train Tracks in San Antonio. The Blue Ghost, which I believe is a uh, it was a battleship. Yeah, I remember looking into that one too. It's in Corpus Crispy, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah. And that one was, I found some interesting stories on that one that I was just really intrigued by with the uh, people going on the tour and and the tour guy walking them through. And mm-hmm. the people were like, man, the tour guy was just awesome. And the people were like, we don't have a tour guy. Imagine just going through that and be like, wait, what do you mean? Yeah, that would be fun for me. There are 
are all these places that people claim to be haunted and have experiences with them. But how does the place become haunted? It, it may be the place and it may be the people that are inhabiting the place. Because uh, spirits can attach themselves to humans or they can attach themselves to an item that's in the house or they can attach themselves to the actual property. So you, you have all these different things. And if, uh, if a spirit is like attached itself to a human, whether that person moved to another house or another, you know, city, they're still going to have experience with that um, entity. Investigators think that um, limestone is acts kind of like a sponge uh, for activity, for energy. Um, so if a building is made of a lot of limestone, it's literally just soaking up the energy of everyone that's come through there. And so if you have a building that's got a lot of limestone, then you're going to have more hauntings because there's literally so much energy just seeped into the walls. Mm -hmm. And if you come to the town square, you'll see we have a lot of limestone all over uh, all over the square. Um, so a lot of our buildings are heavily are just, I guess, soaked with energy, you could say. <laughs> what do you think makes people want to investigate those sites? People want to believe because, well, you know, I think we are fascinated with the unknown. Um, and then I think it also gives hope that, you know, like if spirits, if, you know, people are encountering spirits, that means that our spirit lives on. I think everybody either had their own experience when they were younger or they're just really intrigued by the whole process because it's all volunteer work. We don't get paid for it. It's not something that, you know, and, and that takes a lot of time. Brandy even had a story of her own ghost encounter to share. It was a location just off the square that's been taken down now because it was it was in disrepair. That it was an old hospital, and I felt something touching me all night. And so that's the first time that's ever happened. Um, and, and of course, anytime you're doing an investigation and you feel something, you know, you, you always want to you you want to debunk it. You want to double check. So I give the kind of historical background of uh, the building in the area um, and talk about some of the known stories there. Uh, some of them have been personal interviews. People that I talked to people that actually experienced things and then things that I've experienced myself. Weldon explained how these spooky sites can be haunted in different ways. And then you also have different types of hauntings. You have a residual haunt, which is, say, a um, kind of like a broken record. It's a ghost that's living in the past that's just doing the same thing over and over again. Then you have intelligent hauntings, which are spirits that will respond to you. Mm -hmm. Like if you ask a question, it gives you a straight answer. And then you get into different types of ghosts. You have, have shadow figures, which a lot of people kind of hook those towards more of an evil entity or uh, uh, evil spilling. You have doppelgangers, which are like ghosts that take on the shape of other people in the house, which those frighten me a little bit more than anything. If people are telling the stories, then we still live on. And so it's still just a way of perpetuating the fact that, you know, these people came before us and people will come after us. And that and it's showing that we all have an impact on uh, how the town grows and evolves um, in you know good and bad and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I think it all just ties together either like, you know, again, whether you believe in ghosts or not, telling the stories allows people to live on. I'm Bree Flores from News Radio 1080, Carol D in Dallas, Fort Worth. Thanks for joining me on Texas Wants to Know. If you like the show, please give us a rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode was produced and edited by me, Brianna Flores. <laughs> 
Original music by Michael Einstein. Editorial support from Cooper Mall and Chris Blake. Odyssey's managing producer for National News Podcasts is Myron Kaplan.